0: Welcome to another episode of Rochester Club 476 Podcast. I'm your host Simon Shrestha and this show includes speeches given by me and my fellow Toastmasters at our club in Rochester, New York. We meet every two weeks and this episode is from our meeting on August 31st, 2023. If you are not a member of Toastmasters, I hope this podcast helps you see the value that these clubs bring. To put it simply, Toastmasters club are individual groups that come together to assist each other with public speaking. Some people do it to help them in their career and some do it for personal reasons. And Toastmasters is international with over 15,000 clubs in 149 different countries. Anyways, I'm going to get right to the episode. If you want to learn more. You can listen to the intro episode of this podcast or go to the show notes for a direct link to the Toastmasters website to find a club that is local to you. First up, we have a first time speaker to this podcast, Miss Myra Torres. This is her first time giving this speech. The title of her speech is Decisions, Decisions. Now, here is Myra Torres with Decisions, decisions.
1: Decisions, decisions. Now you may object, but humans need help making decisions. That's just a fact. We make a lot of bad ones, but every once in a while we make some good ones. The data analytics on decisions comes down to two attributes. There are only two things we need to get right. We don't need all this stuff in the back. So my purpose today is to share those two attributes, but there is one challenge. Data attributes are very difficult to put descriptions to because there's no context. So what I'm gonna do today is I'm gonna share some examples so that you have context to figure out what these attributes are. And then we'll look at good decisions and bad decisions in context of the news and things like that. So let's get started. Anybody seen this before? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's sometimes lovingly called the idiot light. This is the low fuel indicator. When you see this, what do you do? If you are my husband, you ignore it. And and the answer is it depends. It depends if there's a a snowstorm tomorrow, I might go right away and there will be a line. It depends on how well I know my car, right? So that point from when the idiot light shows up to the point you make a decision is called a decision horizon. Decision horizon, there's a quit, okay. So this is an easy one. Let's try a different one. Anybody know what this is? This is actually my car right now. (laughs) And what it means is, the top one means is the uh, brakes. Inspect your brakes. The second one is take it to the shop. (laughs) I.e. don't let your husband do it. Okay, inspect your brakes, take it to the shop but my brakes work fine. They stop when I want them, and they're not, they're not making noises. So then, after a week of Googling, calling people, and long dinner conversations, we find out it's the age of my car. It's a 2007, and the sensor for the brake pads is, is aged, it's gotta be replaced. So my decision on this one is deferred maintenance. I'm gonna wait till the last minute to take it in. This is an example of adjacency. And what that means is that the sensor system is designed for the brakes, but it's picking up things in its environment that are kind of off. Wonky might be another term, right? adjacency that's that's the key point here anybody know what this is these are the sensors on the island of Maui and they are designed to detect tidal waves tsunamis the day of the Maui fire they were sensing adjacencies, anomalies, sometimes called nuisance faults. They were disabled, and we got this instead. This is an issue of failure, right? There was information in the systems. They were just not in the right place at the right time. The folks that had to make decisions didn't have access to the information, or to the adjacencies that were around. There were procedures, they had everything. It was just information in the wrong place in the wrong time. So if we know that adjacency and decision horizon are parameters that can cause failure, can we say the inverse? Can we say that those two attributes are also a function of success? And the analytics will tell you that is true that if you look at the top five companies in in Wall Street today, they all manage those two things highly successfully. Their decision uh, horizon and their adjacency. And so we'll (coughs) give you an example of one of those today. And that was at the beginning of the Ukraine war Google in Poland, in Warsaw, was inundated. Their employees there were taking in five and six families. So I don't know about you, but you can't go to work if you've got five or six families at your house. You go to work to go to sleep then. Their CEO went and visited them and tried to figure out why why is this happening? How do you help? What do you do? And one of the things they found out is looking through their assets, listening to people, is that in these five and six families staying in one house, they weren't speaking the same language. There were lots of languages. There were Russians, Ukrainians, and then there's the Polish dialect and English. So one of the things they did was pivot. They put all their energy into getting Google Translate to pick up all these other languages. And then they added A little bit into every one of their tools just to sort of bring leads. (coughs) The second thing they did was they were on the edge of a humanitarian crisis. What do you do? They used adjacency to see what else was in their portfolio that they could bring to bear. It turns out they had half a building that didn't have furniture or coverings or anything that was waiting so they basically gave access to the NGOs, the non-government organizations, to come in and help these people, right? And that enabled enabled services and support to come into the country and to support the folks that were there. Now, if you were Google, this could have gone bad a thousand ways. And maybe it didn't fix things, but enabled a crisis to stop. You may think that Google is huge and ever big, but these same tools can be brought into individuals and institutions. And that's going to be a talk for next time. Thank you.
0: Great speech, Myra. And thank you for being willing to share it on the podcast. Next up. We have a returning speaker to this podcast, Miss Christine Labarge. This is her first time giving this speech. The title of her speech is Get Ready. Now here is Christine Labard's with Get Ready.
2: Good evening. Thank you, Mr. <clears throat> Toastmaster, fellow Toastmasters and most welcome guests. We need to get ready for what you're thinking. Let me tell you what, on April 8th, 2024, we're gonna be one of those people wearing some of those glasses and watching for the first time in 99 years. Rochester, New York is in the path of totality for a full eclipse. I heard somebody talking about it, and I said, well, what is that? And it was actually my 89-year-old friend. She's like, oh, they're getting all excited in Watertown about this eclipse. I'm like, what eclipse? And I looked it up. People have been preparing for years, like we're behind. So we really need to get ready. So I wanted to share some information with you on what it's about. The folks in that picture, that was a year ago, not quite a year ago, it was April, 2023. And that's our mayor in the background, Adam Bellow, county clerk, Don Jeffries, who is the CEO of Visit Rochester. They are anticipating that we will have more people come to this area because of this phenomenon than we do for the Jazz Festival hundreds of thousands of people coming here because we are going to be one of the best spots not Boston not New York to be able to see this total eclipse there has not been one in 99 years we all get to see that no one was here 99 years ago no one in this club no one in this room So it is a once in a lifetime event for all of us to get ready for. Back in January 24th of 1925, they were just breaking ground for the University of Rochester Medical Center. Kodak was just getting into some things. Like nothing, 2025, I mean 1925. It was a long time ago. It's not likely to happen again. It's very rare for a single spot for it to happen more than one generation. We'll be here. I expect everyone to use the information that I'm sharing with you to find a spot. This is difficult to see, but in general, you see the US and you see the path that it's gonna take. So Watertown's in it, Rochester's in it, Buffalo's in it, Maine, and then off into British Columbia. This is a smaller picture with New York, with Rochester right in the middle of it. And we're gonna be able to see it here. The last time it happened here, the totality, that moment when all you could see is the corona around the sun, was about 68 seconds. We're gonna get three minutes and 28 seconds of totality. It's a big deal. I get very excited once I went down the rabbit hole of what this looks like. There have been organizations for the past three years getting ready for this event they have worked with the rochester museum of science and places all over like lollipop farm um, genesee county village downtown rochester there's 250 different organizations that got free telescopes lots of information and education and are inviting lots of people to come and be in their space. People know where the sun's gonna be in their backyards or at their building or their facility at exactly three o'clock on April 8th. They already know because they've been checking it for two years and they're coming up on the third. So find out about one of those places. The information about the time coming up to and then we have the totality, and then the time after. So the moon is moving in front of the sun, takes quite a bit of time. That's really hard to read, so no one can really see the numbers. I brought paper with me so everybody can have the information. And you can take it home with you, and you can figure out how you're gonna be there. Where are you gonna be? The first question that someone asked me when I was talking about it, because I got very excited, and I started talking about it so everybody's like, Well, what about the clouds? What about the weather that day? Honestly, what they say about the weather that day is somewhere, like if it's cloudy in Rochester, well, I'm gonna go west to Buffalo and I'm gonna get there sooner. Or I'm gonna go east to Watertown. I'm gonna go north to Oswego so that I'm in a space where there isn't a cloud and I can see this thing happen. It's really, really rare. There is a moment when everything is getting darker when you're looking and you're there in this moment, it gets to be like dark, like the sun and the planets shine. Like it's in the middle of the day, it's dark. Animals change their behavior, birds fly differently. NASA has five different very specialized experiments that they have voted on to do during that three minutes because they can only do them when the corona is visible and the sun is blocked out. Safety, I'm gonna leave you with this. Back in the day, in elementary school, we made our own visibility sun spotters, to keep our eyes safe, with toilet paper rolls. Anybody else do one of those? sound familiar still available on YouTube to figure out how to do your own or a cereal box or the Rochester Museum Science Center is selling the glasses for two dollars and fifty cents or Amazon has them I think I got five for ten but it's super important that you have some type of safety gear because I know that we're all going to be somewhere where we can see this on april 4th excuse me april 8th my sister's birthday she will not forgive me uh 2024 so i'll see you all there
0: great speech christine and thank you for that information well there you go thank you for listening to this episode and i hope that you enjoyed hearing all these speeches and thank you to the speakers again for sharing your speeches with us If you enjoyed listening to this episode, the best ways to support are to either go ahead and leave a review where you are listening or share the podcast with someone who would enjoy as well. Also, if you'd like to give some feedback to any of the speakers, I will leave the email address in the show notes and I will make sure to forward your messages to them. If you're interested in learning more about Toastmasters, just head to Toastmasters.org. I will leave a direct link in the show notes for you. The music used in this episode is Spark of Inspiration by Shane Ivers from SilvermanSound.com. Thank you for listening and I'll catch you next time on the Rochester Club 476 Podcast.